very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And this week we continue the series of The Dwelling Place. And we return to John chapter 15, and we're going to recap a couple of verses, and we're going to continue to go forward. So we're going to John chapter 15, verse 5, in the Amplified Classic Edition version of the Bible. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit. So here we see that you cannot bear abundant fruit unless you live in Jesus. Unless you abide and dwell in him, focus on him, receive him as your Lord and Savior, open your heart to him, Revelations chapter 3 verse 20, and speak to him and know that he is your Lord. Choose that he becomes your Lord and confess him as Lord. Know him as your Lord over your life. And really, you are not your own anymore. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, his blood paid for you. Jesus had paid for you so that when you received him as your Lord, then you became his and you are no longer your old father, the devil's. So, in this verse here, we cannot bear fruit, we cannot bear abundant fruit, unless we are living in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. And then he goes on to say, However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. So he's just confirming what we just said. Verse 6, If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken-off branch, and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. God does not do anything without a purpose. So if something is not serving a purpose, and is not appropriate for it to be where it is, that's why if there is someone who's not dwelling in Christ, they are thrown off out of the vine. They are broken off. They are thrown out like a broken off branch, verse 6, and withers. Why does the branch wither? It's because it's been broken off and it's no longer receiving the life from the vine. It's no longer receiving the life from Christ because it's no longer abiding in Christ, dwelling with Christ, allowing Jesus in their hearts. So we want to avoid the situation where we are walking in the opposite direction to the Lord. We want to be walking on the narrow path. We want to be fellowshipping with the Lord, abiding in Him, and being obedient to the Holy Spirit and all things that the Lord tells us. And that doesn't mean just those things that you hear Him say to you in that still, small voice, but everything He's told you in His Word. And what He has told His disciples, He has also told you. Because at the end of Matthew chapter 28, Jesus tells his disciples to go and teach everyone else and tell everyone else whatsoever he has told them. So, if someone has told you about Jesus today, they should also be telling you not just how great he is, but what he's also commanded you to do and commanded the person to do that's telling you about Jesus. How many people go about telling people about Jesus but miss the requirement, and miss the opportunity to tell them what Jesus has now told them to do. We are eager 
some of us to lead people to Christ. But it's also important to tell them that this may well be their first day with Christ, giving their life to Him, but He also requires things of them, that He must obey His commands, that that person, that lady, must obey Jesus' commands. We're going to be going into today the topic of the fruit that we are to bear, that abundant fruit, and what that fruit consists of. So, if a person does not dwell in me, Jesus said, he is thrown out like a broken-off branch, and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. So, first of all, in verse 7, it says, If you live in me, Jesus says, If you live in me. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that have if in front of them, or when. There are conditional verses. So it is possible to not live in Jesus. But if you do live in him, and in the Amplified Classic, that means abide vitally united to him, to me, and my words remain in you. So we can abide in Jesus, but not read the Bible. We can seek him with all of our heart. We can love him. We can praise his name but not renew our minds by reading the Word of God, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So we never become transformed. We need to do both things simultaneously. We are to abide vitally united to Jesus, and His words are to remain in us and continue to live in our hearts. That way we can ask whatever you will, Jesus said, and it shall be done for you. Well, what would you ask so that it will be done for you? What would you ask for? Well, if you love the Lord thy God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as you would want them to love you, those are the two great commandments that Jesus talked about, then if you loved your Heavenly Father, just like Jesus does, you would do whatever the Father wants you to do. So you would ask for things that are in accordance with His good pleasure and Him receiving pleasure and the glory and the honor. And so you would say to yourself, what has Jesus told me to do? Well, the undefiled religion is to look after the orphans and the widows, for example. So you would say, well, how can I set up an orphanage? How can I donate to an orphanage? So you would ask the Lord, Lord, please establish for me an orphanage somewhere. Or point me to a ministry that looks after orphanages so that I may sow into their cause. Get involved, amen, to grow the kingdom upon this earth. So that more of heaven is showing up on earth and less of hell is showing up on earth. So you would ask back to the Father through Jesus, Father, provide whatever you can whatever is needed for an orphanage. So this would be something that would be in the Father's will because the Lord has already spoken about orphans and widows in his word. That's just one example. And the Bible also says you have not because you ask not. We need to ask for things from the Lord for his will to be accomplished on the earth through you. Amen. So, verse 8, when you bear, produce much fruit 
My Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. So if you've ever wondered if you are a follower of Jesus, are you a born-again Christian? Do you also follow Jesus? There are some people that might be born again but are not necessarily following Jesus. Verse 8, Jesus says, When you bear, produce much fruit. My Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. Verse 9, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love, continue in his love with me. So Jesus on the earth was doing the will of the Father. He came to do the will of the Father, the one who sent him, Jesus. Amen? And therefore, his Father, our Heavenly Father, was glorified and honored because Jesus went about doing the things that the Father wanted to be done. So if you have any misunderstanding or need clarification on the nature of the heart of the Father today, then just look to the Son. It's like Father, like Son. The Bible says that Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of the Father. They are alike in that manner. They are the same in nature and character. Their values are the same. They want everybody delivered from evil, sickness and disease, and eternal destruction. Neither Jesus, nor the Father, nor the Holy Spirit, nor the angels, nor the host of heaven want anyone to perish. But particularly, the Father does not want anyone to perish. Amen. That's why he sent Jesus, so that there would not have to be anyone going to hell. But not everyone is receiving Jesus. So therefore, unfortunately, there are people that are still going to hell. And we need to get involved and to preach the gospel, teach the gospel, tell people about Jesus. Then they can make up their mind. They can make up their heart and decide to make that free will choice for him or not. But they at least need to be offered Jesus. And one of the best ways is to tell people about your testimony. What has Jesus done for you? Because that person might be able to relate to you in that way. So as we look here at verse 9, Jesus says, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love, continue in his love with me. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, verse 10, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. Now let's be truthful and honest about this. This is another verse that starts with the word if. So it's conditional. And let's be true about this verse. This is the Amplified Classic Edition, and it is John chapter 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it. So what does that mean if you don't do his commandments? Well, it means that you're not abiding in his love and you're not living on in it. So we need to obey his commandments. We need to obey his instructions. It's not a legalistic thing. If you have truly received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, then God comes in and he abides in you. But not just that. 
the Lord goes to work on your heart and cleanses your conscience as you confess your sins, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And now you take on the nature of the Lord to the extent that you allow him to do a work in your heart. One of the common prayers I have for the Lord frequently is, Father, can you please help me understand how you feel and how you love your creation so that I may see your love for the person in front of me when I'm praying for them, that I may be your representative in some way so that I may love them with your love, that they know the love of the Father. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love. Verse 10. So this means that we would want to do the will of the Father, just like Jesus decided. It was a really a very quick decision for Jesus to make. I will obey my Father because his will, his righteousness, and that's what Jesus was about as well, because he's the righteousness of God. Amen. He is righteousness and he's the Son of God. If you receive Jesus today as your Savior and your Lord, you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not just a new creation, which is a huge thing all by itself, but you are the righteousness of God. You're not the righteousness of the best person on the earth who's done everything right, even though it's not possible because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let's say someone on the earth has made five mistakes in their entire lifetime, and they are almost perfect. That is still not the righteousness that God has given you. He has given you his own righteousness, right standing in him and before him. So you would want to do the right thing. You would want to do what the Father would want you to do on the earth, to establish his kingdom upon the earth, so to bring heaven to earth, just as Jesus taught his disciples to pray in the so-called Lord's Prayer. So you should not have to wonder, how can I please my heavenly father? How can I bring him honor and glorification? How can I bring him glory? Because when you receive the Lord, then the father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they go to work in your heart and you start to become more and more like Jesus every day. So therefore, it is not difficult to choose what you should do in a given situation. When there's someone sick in front of you, you pray for them. Why? Because you should have already understood in the word of God that Jesus had paid for their healing at the whipping post, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, by his scourging we are healed. The healing has been paid for. He has bore our sicknesses. He has been chastised for our iniquities. Jesus has come to redeem you. Jesus has come to pay for you to be reconciled back to God. Reconciled means being balanced like a checkbook and a bank account. They have to match. You want to match one with the other. And if they don't match, then it's usually that the bank is correct and your work and your maths and your numbering and your ledger is slightly off. And so we are more than slightly off before we come to Jesus. We are way off. We are fallen. We are a fallen species because 
of what happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They obeyed the serpent, which was the devil, Lucifer, Satan, instead of obeying the Lord. And today, we need to make sure that we don't obey the serpent, but we obey the Lord in all things. Amen? So, verse 10 Again, if you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. You should not have strife or a lack of joy in doing the Lord's work, because there is joy and peace and fulfillment when you do the work of the Lord, because you are bearing fruit, and the fruit you are bearing is love, you are bearing the fruits of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we may not have time to go through that today. Verse 11, I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be a full measure and complete and overflowing. And we were just talking about the fulfillment of doing the Lord's work and the Lord's will. And I didn't even realize that verse was next on the list here. So you can see that if you are flowing in an abundant fruit on your branch that's connected to Jesus, the true vine, if you are bearing an abundant fruit, you are doing the will of the Lord. There is good fruit coming from you. Amen. And people can come to you and eat of the fruit off of your branch. They can come to you for help. You are a representative of the true vine that you are connected to. You can't do anything without Jesus. You can do everything through Jesus who strengthens you, who brings you life, who brings you the life from the vine, from the true vine into your branch, and then the fruit is hanging from your branch and it is on display. Fruit is never hidden on a branch. If the fruit is abundant, if it's large, you cannot mistake the tree for any other tree because you can see what's growing on its branches. We should be on display. We should be representing Christ Jesus in this world so that the world will come to know him and give their lives to him. Verse 12, this is my commandment. So if you've gone through these programs with us so far and you're still not quite sure of Jesus's commandments and the fruit, Jesus said in chapter 15 of John, verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Verse 13, No one has greater love, no one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. 14, You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. So we should not be just doing these things once or twice. We have to keep on doing them. And then we are considered the friends of Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus says, I do not call you servants, slaves, any longer. For the servant does not know what his master is doing or working out. But I have called you my friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. I have revealed to you 
everything that I have learned from him. Now, that is a blessing. The Lord Jesus says he has revealed to his disciples everything that he has learned from his father. That means he didn't hold anything back that he had learned from his father to teach his disciples. Verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed you. I have planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain, abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, as presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. And Jesus is repeating this. And whenever the Lord repeats something, you know he wants to make sure we hear it and we understand it and do it. Verse 17, this is what I command you, that you love one another. Now, this is the second greatest commandment, isn't it? The first one being for us to love the Lord thy God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So verse 17 says, this is what I command you, that you love one another. Verse 18, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. How many of us know that there are people who don't want to hear the truth? They don't want to see the light. They don't want anything to do with Jesus. They just want to live the way they are. And we need to pray for them. We still need to speak the truth to them, even though we might believe in our hearts that they rejected it and they didn't accept it. You don't know what's going on in their hearts. Only the Lord knows, truly, every detail of every fiber, every thought. Sometimes we don't even know our own hearts, but the Lord does. So continue to pray for these people. Continue to love on them, no matter how they treat you. That's why Jesus said we are to love our enemies. Because how else will an enemy ever come to Jesus unless they are astounded by the fact that even though they hate us, we are still loving them? They have to be surprised and astounded sometimes by our actions of forgiveness, no matter how they treat us, so that they would not perish in hell, but they would receive eternal life. Amen. Remember, you might say, well, they don't deserve my love. Well, a gentle reminder that none of us deserve the love of Jesus. None of us deserve heaven. God doesn't owe us anything. And we sent ourselves to hell. Only Jesus came with the love of the Father to rescue us if we receive him as Lord and Savior. Next week, we will be going into the fruit, the abundant fruit. We will be reading from Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 13 and working our way through. In the meantime, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, today that these precious souls would receive your word, that would understand these verses that they would seek you with all their heart. And Lord, that you would show them things that they do not know. You would reveal to them your heart in a greater manner than they already know. That to the extent that they want to seek you, you, Lord, are there and you are waiting to engulf them in your presence. Lord, let us be hungry for you. Lord, I don't need to ask you for you to force me to be hungry for you. That is not a prayer. Lord, my prayer is to thank you for being patient 
while I decide myself with my own free will to come to you. As I draw nigh unto you, you draw nigh unto me, Lord. I don't need to ask you. You are just there. You're waiting for me. But Lord, we know that tomorrow is not promised. And we thank you, Lord, today for being patient with us. But now we realize, now we know, we must make a decision and become disciplined in our daily walk with you, spending time with you at different hours of the day, morning, noon, and night, praying in tongues in the Holy Ghost, Jude chapter 1, verse 20, and our most holy faith. And we thank you, Lord, today for meeting us and speaking with us in that still small voice and shepherding us as we sheep know your voice. And we thank you today, Lord, for loving us unconditionally, even while we were still sinners, Lord. You died for us. And Father, we thank you for loving us to the point where you sent your Son for us, your only begotten Son. In Jesus' name, amen. I speak life over you today. I speak healing and wholeness in your bodies from head to toe. The Lord has paid for it. It is finished. Therefore, there's no impartation needed because it's finished. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Everything has been placed into Christ Jesus. The creator of the universe is within you. So therefore, Lord, I thank you for releasing your power by your spirit into the rest of their bodies. Their bodies would be completely healed of any ailment, any sickness, disease, or any kind of infirmity. I thank you, Lord, also for healing their hearts of any broken hearts, Lord, any betrayal, any ill will towards others, Lord. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, that none of us deserve your love. Therefore, the enemies around us deserve our love because you loved us while we were your enemies. And we bless you today, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like us to pray for you, our phone number is country code 1-407-705-3151. Country code 1-407-705-3151. You can get to our website at tog.world. tog.world. And you can send a prayer request on that webpage as well. We are also on Facebook and YouTube under Touch of God Radio. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.